Nope, not this time, Wisconsin. This is the Fighting Irish Faithful Podcast, Volume 33. Notre Dame completely dismantles and overwhelms the Wisconsin Badgers in Chicago. Tonight, we're going to give a recap of Notre Dame's slow and kind of frustrating start, but then a quick and sudden turnaround in the fourth quarter where they completely decimated the Badgers. We're going to go over those stats. We're going to give some props out to Brian Kelly and the Notre Dame coaching staff and preview Notre Dame's next opponent, the Bearcats of Cincinnati. There is no rest, no waiting. The Irish go straight into it next week. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a drink, and let's go, Irish. Three wide receivers right. They're going to go for two. Back to throw. Walsh looks, looks, looks. Has the time. Lost the ball. The pass is set it down. It's right on by Dolson throws. Open receiver in the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Somehow, the Irish did it. Out of the pack, 30, 35, goodbye, baby! At the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, five, five, rocket, touchdown, Irish! Zimikowski looking for a block, touch to the right to the 40, gets a block, gets to the 45, 50, up to the 45, 40, 30, one man to beat, 20, 15, 10, he's done to the 5, touchdown, Irish! What up, Fighting Irish Faithful? I'm back! That was a fun game. That Wisconsin game was a lot of fun. Uh, If you're a Notre Dame fan, not if you're a Wisconsin fan. Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful Podcast. This is episode 7 of season 2. Happy to be with you late on a Sunday night. And uh, we are ready to talk about this game. I I have to say before we get into all the numbers and details that game was one of the most fun games i have watched in a very long time and not as fun as notre dame beating clemson at home last year beating a number one team uh but that game just the way it ended the way notre dame just completely took over i loved it and that is the kind of thing we need our team to do so welcome to the show i am joe your humble host you can find me on Twitter at Faithful underscore Irish. My brother, who is sort of the co-host, he is at Red Snapper 1998. And you can find us on YouTube at Fighting Irish Faithful or Gmail at Fighting Irish Faithful at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or sponsorship opportunities that you would like me to sell out to. Let's get right into it. Notre Dame uh, won this game, and but it didn't start out that way. It was uh, Notre Dame was quite poor and kind of crappy to start things out. So this was a less than desirable start to the game. Notre Dame started with a, th- a three and out. Cone gets hurt in the game. Uh, Buckner had a hamstring injury, uh, didn't even play, and Kurt Heinisch was on concussion protocol. So, yeah, a captain's out, uh, your backup electric quarterback. And, uh, yeah, then the untested Drew Pine, as far as this season is concerned, he had to come in. Notre Dame was sacked 
six times were absolutely atrocious. I think we are second to last in the entire country in sex allowed. It's absolutely terrible. And uh, Wisconsin had 12 tackles for loss. So not very good. Uh, worst of the worst, though, Notre Dame had nine rushing yards. I mean, I, I think if someone put a snail out on the field, it would have gone farther than nine yards. Um, and we did run the ball 46% of the time, which to me seemed really high. Um, I would have thought that we had, it felt like we ran the ball 30% of the time, but I guess that's not what happened. But uh, Notre Dame's passing was uh, their saving grace as far as putting points on the board. Uh, we'll get to the special teams and turnovers in a, in a couple minutes. But the passing is really, let's face it, Notre Dame's line sucks. Uh, they can't run the ball effectively. Uh, Notre Dame and Brian Kelly do not, Tommy Reese, do not believe in power running uh, or doing something creative in that respect. And quite frankly, you don't have a quarterback to do anything really creative other than stand there and get killed. So uh, we need the pass to actually open up and support the run. If we can pass the ball well, that will, you know, the, any of the linebackers and any of those guys will cheat back. And that will open up lanes to allow our electric running backs, Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree, out. And they will find open field with their athleticism. So at halftime, uh, Notre Dame, though, was up 10 to 3, which uh, was great because our defense is really what saves the game. And defense does win championships. Ask any team, ask any coach. Defense must be a priority. So at halftime, being up 10 to 3, uh, if you don't know, I'm on Twitter during the game at faithful underscore Irish and retweeting my anger, my happiness, just funny shit. And uh, we're going to start a new tradition on the podcast. Do, 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 do. Yes, that's the newsflash uh, sound effect that I don't have prepared, which I'm not going to go do now. Uh, we are going to start a new tradition where I'm going to give a shout out to one of my Twitter followers, uh, someone who you don't have to necessarily tag me in your tweet, but if I read something, uh, see something, what have you, that is entertaining, uh, has originality, I just flat out like it. It's very subjective, all right? Um, and you do not have to kiss my ass about this. But the shout out, first ever shout out, is going to go to at JL Gallagher 3. At halftime, he tagged me and a few other uh, podcasters, fellow Notre Dame podcasters, where he took a shot of Jameson with a chaser uh, at halftime and said, Cheers, fellas. So um, that was definitely uh, caught my attention. So we're going to give a new tradition here. Shout out to JL Gallagher 3. Slante. Uh, honorable mention, though. Um, and this is not necessarily something original from Twitter, but I did see someone with a picture from College Game Day. No, I don't watch College Game Day. I watched Fox because they're better, uh, less emotional. And they had my favorite player, the Rocket, Rahib Ishmael, on as well. So we happily, uh, I sat like, it was so funny. I'm like a kid sitting on the carpet. I literally was sitting on the floor in front of the TV Indian style watching uh the rocket and just like oh here he is you know uh but the honorable mention i did see someone at game day with their funny signs someone did have a sign that said catholics versus cheese um someone get on that t-shirt right here 
Uh, I think we'll need that in 2026 when Notre Dame plays Wisconsin again, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But Wisconsin scores seven points in the third quarter. Uh, We're trading punts for a while, and then we fumble the football. Drew Pine got completely massacred. Um, I'm surprised he's still alive. It's it's a uh, it's most terrible. Um, and then Wisconsin go choose choose the clock up for the rest of the third quarter, and then right at the beginning of the fourth, uh, hits a field goal. So uh, here we are. We're now down uh, right as we start the fourth quarter. And if anyone is familiar with Wisconsin, Wisconsin is very. Um, they have some traditions there, and one of them, which is actually legit, is they play House of Pains, jump around when they start the fourth quarter. And it is very impressive to see in Madison when they do it. And with this being a neutral site game, they did something very similar to that in Soldier Field. And, you know, Fox doing the right thing, they they showed it. And so I'm like, all right, here you go. The crowd's all pumped. Wisconsin knows it's the fourth quarter, you know, all that stuff. And right after that, this happens. Tyree. Here's Tyree with the lane. Tyree! Whoa! Can he get there? Tyree at the 30, 20, 10, touchdown, Notre Dame! Woo! 98 big ones! Chris Tyree takes that ball to the house and... the. Notre Dame did not ever look at the rearview mirror. They ripped it off, threw it out the 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 window here of their Trans Am. Um, it was more like a monster truck, though, going across uh, Wisconsin, you know, uh, dairy farms and everything. I mean, special teams definitely is one of those things in football that gives you an edge, can turn the game upside down, completely change the perspective, and that is exactly what happening going over 95 yards for a touchdown. Um, Notre Dame hadn't done that since 2016 versus Army in the Alamo Dome down in San Antonio. So uh, it's been, we've been due. So thank you, special teams. But Notre Dame is a completely different team after that. Gus Johnson, I have to talk about this guy. I love Gus Johnson. Now it stems from me being a Gonzaga fan and a Gonzaga alumni because he w- did the runner. If you just type in Gonzaga the runner on YouTube or something, it'll come right up and you, it'll it'll make sense. But Gus Johnson brings a level of passion and energy and excitement to the game. Um, he does not have to carry himself all stoic and calm and any of that stuff. No, like something exciting is going on and he's going to get excited and everyone's going to know about it. And I love that watching him. I think if this is like my dream, if Gus Johnson was doing the play-by-play stuff and Brady Quinn was in the booth doing the color commentary kind of stuff, the analysis, put those two guys in the booth for every Notre Dame home game. I don't care if it's Fox. I would prefer it's Fox and not NBC. But NBC, if you really want to enhance your programming, get those two guys. Now, no disrespect to Tarico and uh, who, who do they have now? Uh, the Purdue guy, uh, former Saint. Doesn't matter. See, that's how that's how memorable he is. I don't even know his name, and I didn't go to Purdue. But that's my point, right? Get Brady Quinn and Gus Johnson in the booth. And and here we go. 
I'm, I'm set. I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. Uh, later that evening, uh, I uh, related to the Chris Tyree uh, run back for a touchdown. Uh, I had a brief exchange with Eric Hansen. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he is a uh, beat reporter, uh, very respected guy. I like his stuff of the South Bend Tribune. Um, he's always at Notre Dame press conferences and, and writing good articles and whatnot. So check him out. I'm going to give him a shout out uh, shamelessly. But he uh, he said in a tweet, Chris Tyree, whoosh. Now, I saw this and I responded, wait a second. This sounds very similar to something Charlie Weiss said describing a player. And, and he, he responded back. So that was the first time Eric Hansen ever replied to a tweet that I had uh, sent to him so uh, not that it really means anything but hey it's a start right after that kick return uh, Wisconsin in four plays fumbles the football Jason Amiola uh, strips it from their quarterback Isaiah Foskey recovers and then shortly thereafter Drew Pine throws a touchdown to Kevin Austin that was Kevin Austin's second touchdown the next series, Cam Hart gets an interception, which results in a Notre Dame field goal. Then the next possession by Wisconsin, Jack Kaiser gets a pick six to go 66 yards. And then the next possession, Drew White, our starting middle linebacker, another pick six for 45 yards this time. And he just had a, a wave of, of blue jerseys in front of him. And, and I mean, that first pick sick killed it. And this was just like, like putting the car in reverse and driving back over them. I mean, it was, it was terrible in the sense of just the onslaught that was happening to Wisconsin. I mean, it, that would have been a pretty crappy fourth quarter if you were a Badger fan. I, I will say that, you know, the, the crowd was legit. There, there were a lot of good Irish fans. You could tell the students were totally there, totally blitzed early in the morning. Everyone was very alert. Uh, so Notre Dame and NBC take note. Um, I'm not, I don't really like the morning game because I ended up being pretty worthless the rest of the day. I ended up taking a nap and it was not very productive at all, but, uh, yeah, two 30 nap time at Notre Dame, but, uh, the crowd showed up and was legit except for one dude check my twitter timeline i took a picture some dude some notre dame guy was was jumping up and down with the wisconsin people uh i think it was a notre dame student but that dude needs to either be expelled or or slapped uh someone needs or he, maybe he was just really drunk i don't know um but maybe he has covid i hope he doesn't have covid but anyway 24 points off of turnovers in the fourth quarter Wisconsin had five turnovers in this game and the first half touchdown by Kevin Austin was also after Cam Hart's first interception. So crazy, crazy amount of points for all of Notre Dame in this game. Uh, Wisconsin, I, go back to last week. What did I say? They were susceptible to turnovers and if we could capitalize this, we would win the game and look what happened. It's like, I'm a prophet. All right. So, um, Hey, yes, you're welcome. Uh, if you put some money on this game, but we punished Wisconsin on defense. Let me go through some of these stats here. 75 
yards rushing, under 100 yards. Their completion percentage for passing was 43.9%. Third down percentage, one of 15 on third down. It was absolutely terrible. And uh, Notre Dame beat them out on time of possession. We played into our strengths. This was a high-scoring game. If, if it was low-scoring, you know, 1925 football uh, with, you know, Notre Dame, Stanford, and, you know, the Rose Bowl, whatever, okay, no, Wisconsin would have probably won. But the high-scoring and the turnovers definitely was the advantage to Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame played to their strengths of passing touchdowns. We clearly were more effective than Wisconsin. Uh, and yards per point, I'm going to talk about it again. The stat that truly matters. Notre Dame in 248 yards. Okay, not sexy, but 41 points? That's a yards per point of six. I've never seen anything that low. Six yards, and you get one point. Or 36 yards, and you score a touchdown on average. That's just the way the math works. If you're under 12, you're elite. You're, you're very good. That's what national champions do, and we did six. To put this another way, if you take away all the big points in the fourth quarter, Irish fans, take away the two pick sixes and take away Chris Tyree's return. You're down 21 points. Notre Dame would still have a yards per point average of 12.4. It's absolutely incredible in this game. The efficiency of our offense, which is crazy because we can't run the football if our life depended on it. but. Compare that to Wisconsin, their yards per point was 24.2. It's absolutely terrible, worst they've had all season. Now, I'm not a superstitious man too much, but I will say this. This was a Shamrock Series game, and those jerseys were the most home-looking jerseys. You know, the the navy blue and the gold pants and, and all that, and the helmet. They didn't mess with the helmet. Thank you, Notre Dame. Don't mess with the helmet. There's no need to mess with Notre Dame's helmet. The no jerseys were dope. They were awesome. I mean, they look a little Bears-ish, but that's okay. And you know what? If Notre Dame and the students wanted to play the rest of their home games and potential bowl, playoff game, whatever, in those blue jerseys that they had on Saturday, I would totally be okay with it. I actually like the pants with the with the stripe up the side and I did not see as much ass sweat that you tend to see all the time in Notre Dame uh, players. I, I don't read into that. But I'm okay if they make those the permanent home jerseys for the rest of the season. To put it another way, in 1977 when Notre Dame had the green jersey game, those guys came out in the green jerseys the rest of the season and look what happened they won a national title so i'm just saying it's a suggestion but my confidence is certainly rising in the defense and marcus freeman for two first two weeks were very concerning very frustrating go back to uh two episodes ago where west coast irish my brother at red snapper 1998 uh was on the show with me and well, we broke down the defense and what was concerning us. And uh, brother was saying, you know, Marcus Freeman just needs some time. He's, he's fine tuning the machine. Um, and that certainly looks like it. These last two games, Purdue and Wisconsin, Big Ten teams, right? Big boy football, right? Although Purdue is a basketball school, but I, I digress. We've held both opponents to 13 points. National champions average 
holding their opponents to 15.3 points. We won the turnover battle clearly in both games. We held both opponents to less than 100 yards. National champions hold their opponents to less than 105 yards on average. We're doing that. And the opponent yards per point for both games was greater than 20. So Notre Dame's defense is truly rising to the occasion and it is helping out our offense and some of the areas that's lacking. Now I am seeing a little bit of chatter on Twitter here and there comparing this team with a sometimes lackluster offense and a really good defense to 2002, the first uh, year that Tyrone Willingham was the head coach. Now I haven't done that analysis. That might be a bye week thing coming up uh, before USC. Uh, in two three weeks so stay tuned for that one fighting irish faithful uh but uh i don't know yet it how similar from a, a numbers but it does feel that way when the defense is on the field good things are clearly happening and the offense we're kind of holding our breath and and clenching up so um there you go and then last but not least, we can't do this podcast without mentioning this very important event happened, Fighting Irish Faithful. The toast this week is to Brian Kelly. Coach Kelly did get 106 wins. That is a win with a massive statement, beating the snot out of Paul Christ and the Wisconsin Badgers in Chicago. Uh, Shamrock Series game, he got two Gatorade bucket showers. I really liked the one that... He was having an interview after the game with a sideline reporter gal, and then another bucket of green Gatorade comes in. So uh, there you go. But coach, um, you were definitely the underdog in this game. Uh, Vegas had, I think, six and a half points against you. Um, But you are building a team and building a mantra of determination. I haven't seen a performance like this as an underdog since I think Oklahoma 2012 where you went someone else and you were not expected to win but you did in a very convincing fashion right now Kelly you're sitting at a 73.1% win percentage which is very very good so coach you are now the most winning coach at Notre Dame with 106, you surpassed the legendary Newt Rockney. You still have some stuff to do to gain and earn uh, things like statues and whatnot, clearly win a title, but let's start small. Let's win a New Year's Six Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, what have you. To put it another way on some other work that I think Kelly still needs to do, depending on how long he's there, but he has a 73% win percentage Both Dan Devine and Lou Holtz have a very similar win percentage of .757. Go do the math yourself. For Kelly to overtake both of those two men, as far as win percentage goes, he must win 16 games in a row from this point on. So that would probably have Notre Dame winning a title and then halfway through next season. So, hey, anything could happen, and... That would be amazing if it did happen. So, Coach, uh, my confidence in you is growing. My respect for you over the uh, ever since 2016 is going up there. Really appreciate that you are showing support of the players, the student athletes, and you are also demanding excellence, precision, and perseverance within 
the team. Um, morale looks to be very high. Of course, it's really high when you beat the crap out of Wisconsin. But I'm really liking the direction the program is going. I wish we had a better offensive line and could run the football because right now, hashtag RTD tweets have spiderwebs growing all over them. But both Brian Kelly and Marcus Freeman next week are facing Cincinnati. The Bearcats are coming to South Bend, everyone, and I'm not necessarily nervous for this game, but we cannot let up. They are a very decent team. No, their strength of schedule is not good. Yes, they play in the AAC, the AC, but their head coach, Luke Fickle, is not a Fickle individual at all. He is he he was part of two national champion programs at Ohio State. The 2002 team with Jim Tressel, he was the special teams coordinator. And then in 2014, he was a co-defensive coordinator under Urban Meyer. So he has been exposed to legit football while he was at Ohio State. He also was the interim coach when Jim Tressel was let go. In, and he took over the 2011 season for the Buckeyes. But shortly thereafter, in 2017, he took the job at Cincinnati and has been there ever since. He has a very, very good win percentage. It is 0.7308. Kelly, 0.731. So almost completely tied with Kelly at Notre Dame and Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Almost almost identical. Kelly barely edges him out on win percentage. Last season, they went 9-1 and one and lost by a field goal to Georgia in their bowl game. Um, and the previous two seasons, in 2018, went 11-2. And, and in 2019, went 11-3. So they're nothing to sneeze at or to ignore or overlook. This team has won games and does have a track record of success. There are things that Cincinnati does right now better than Notre Dame on paper. They've scored more touchdowns. Their defense averages less points for their opponent than Notre Dame does over the, the whole four games. Now, not the last two games, but if you take into account the whole season, Cincinnati is doing better. They score rushing touchdowns, something we, we struggle with. Their offense puts up more yards. Uh, they're better than Notre Dame on third down. They are better than Notre Dame in the red zone. That's uh, something not to shy from. And Cincinnati has a very good yards per point average for the season. Right now, they're at 9.7. Notre Dame for the season is 10.3. So Notre Dame is good, but Cincinnati is also better. One other thing of note, their offensive coordinator is Mike Denbrock. Familiar name? Yes, because he was our offensive coordinator in 2014 and kind of did a co-thing in 2015. So these are familiar people. They have had their eyes on each other, so to speak. Um, anything from Denbrock looking back over at Kelly and Marcus Freeman looking back over at Luke Fickle. So should be a, a good matchup. There are things that Notre Dame has going for them, though. Number one, they have better players. They clearly have better players. Notre Dame's average four-year recruiting ranking is 13th. Cincinnati is 50. 
Uh, Notre Dame is uh, right now better strength of schedule, uh, and we have a better rushing defense. Notre Dame is beating them on turnover margin. Case case exhibit was the Wisconsin game. Uh, Notre Dame does better in sacks and tackles for loss. And unfortunately, Notre Dame gets sacked and tackled for loss a lot. But Notre Dame throws the ball better. So this is, if, if you were a non-biased individual on paper, just looking at numbers, right now Notre Dame has a 52% likelihood chance of winning so they are favored barely from teamrankings.com and the spread it's it's within two points so um it's almost a pick em. i do think notre dame will win this game because they have huge momentum and i don't care if cincinnati's had a bye week um that that doesn't really bother me um notre dame's defense is has better players than cincinnati's offense uh, Notre Dame's offensive playmakers are better than Cincinnati's secondary. So, and Notre Dame's at home. So, if Notre Dame can carry that momentum, have some sort of hostile environment, skinny tunnel, banning Cincinnati's drums and band and mascot, whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. They, what's a bear cat? Is that actually a cat? Um, but my point is. Notre Dame, I think, will be victorious, will rise to the occasion, and uh, can do a good job. My brother is telling me that Notre Dame is going to win by 13. So if you're a betting man, right now he's two for two. Um, although last week he was wrong. He thought Notre Dame was going to win by four. Um, they ended up winning by a little bit more than that. So, But they would have covered the spread. So if you had done that with a parlay with some other game... Um, you know, hey, there you go. Uh, other fun things, uh, Texas A&M lost, and so did USC. So, uh, yay. <laughs> oh, and Clemson lost, too, to NC State. Um, weird. So, that is it for the week. Thank you, everyone, for joining me. This was a fun, fun game, fun podcast to do after a fantastic victory. I hope we can keep this positivity, this good momentum going forward. Thank you for joining me. Good night. Have a great week. Go Irish and beat Bearcats. <laughs>